We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Aren't you, aren't you glad that God is a God of more than just words? He's a God of action, a God of implementation, a God that doesn't just leave you hanging by some esoterical thought and theology of what he's about. When we couldn't get to him, no way of getting to him, God came to us. Doesn't get any better than that. In fact, it, it's a little bit like this. It's when we couldn't get to God, God's son became a man so God's men could become a son. Isn't that right? The son of God became the son of man so the son of men could become the sons of God. That's our plan. That's our goal. That was his desire all along. That Jesus would be the first fruit. The first fruit. The first of many to be the sons and daughters of God. Doesn't get any better than that. It's what this season is all about. Otherwise, it's just a God in heaven that we stare up into the stars and stare up into the sky and we pray to and say, God, do something, do something, and we stop and watch to see what God might do. But I've got good news for you today. God heard the cry of his children 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 years ago. He heard the cry, and over and over and over again, God would reveal himself until 2,000 years ago. He came and revealed himself once and for all. So we have a point of reference that Jesus came, born through a virgin birth, perfect in all of his ways. And because he made, was made perfect and is perfect, he absorbed all of your flaws within his perfection. So now, in your weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. So you don't have to be perfect because he's perfect. Isn't that good? That's good news. That means you can strive to be right, you can strive to be perfect, but all your striving is not gonna come up empty, full, it'll come up empty. All your striving, it starts with believing in the one that is perfect, and that's him. And through faith in him, somehow, supernaturally, your life begins to take a change and becomes transformed. That's good news. Why don't you share that with somebody beside you and tell them that's good news this morning, and then you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. More than words, guys. That's a little quiet in here. It's either, it's either too much turkey or ham. Of course, you don't eat ham. Right? That was against the law in the Old Testament. Right? You don't eat ham. That's what they said. You'll pick and choose which one you like and which one you don't like. Ham was a sin in the Old Testament. I'm gonna preach the New Testament today. Because we, we, we had ham, all right? I just wanna tell you, just gonna tell you. And had bacon Friday. So either you all had so much 
You don't feel, you don't look just quiet today. It's awful quiet. All the uh, senior or student ministries will be dismissed too right now because today's the last day of their 10-week um, series that they've been doing on their breakout sessions. So the middle school all the way through high school can be dismissed. And then we'll go from there. They'll be back with us next week. Next week we've got a baby dedication. So good things happening next week as well. So um, if you would with me this morning, turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. I want to read a few scriptures and I'm just going to kind of make this as plain as I can today. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here and then we're going to skip over to the book of Matthew in chapter 1. For all of you that are flipping with your Bibles, I don't hear pages, but I'm pretty sure that the phone is moving pretty quickly right now. Charlie was speaking here on Sunday, uh, Wednesday night. Charlie Henry, he just left for the, the, the middle school. He came in here and he carried, he had a leather-bound Bible on Wednesday evening when he did his uh, leather Bible. I mean, you don't see that very often. I was impressed. And then he also not only carried it, he preached it. It was powerful Wednesday night, him and Tony Hill both. Anyway, let's do Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Everybody read that with me. Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign. Did you catch that? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Who's gonna give the sign? Right. Doesn't that take the responsibility and the pressure off of you? Right? He's gonna give you the sign. That means the Lord himself will initiate it and bring it to pass. Your job is just to observe it and recognize it. Isn't that good? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter, and King James says, butter, curds, and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Matthew chapter one. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Let's stop right there for a minute. Now, if that doesn't just shock the world in itself. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Joseph was her fiance, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. That's a scandal. That is a scandal. That gets you talked about in church. Can you imagine him going to the synagogue and rumors start flying? This is a teenage girl, pregnant, betrothed to Joseph. You know his buddies are saying, come on Joseph, tell us the truth. Is that yours or should we look for another? Right? And Joseph's standing there at himself going, man, she was that way when I got her. She was that way. That's scandal. You think your story's bad. You think, you're, you think you got a bad one. How would you like to be Mary and Joseph? Teenage daughter, teenage girl, all of a sudden gets pregnant. And Joseph's got to stand there beside her 
because she's betrothed to him, and everybody in town is talking about him. <laughs> you think you got it bad? Hmm. Yeah. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary had betrothed Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. See, when this was, when this was not, Matthew wrote this story after it happened. See, you can look at your testimony of your life and write it two or three or four or five, six years late down the road, and it might make sense then when you write it, but it doesn't make sense when you're living it. It doesn't make sense. When this thing was going on, nobody was there for us to be. See, we, we're, we're, we have the benefit of reading it like a sci-fi or a, a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark movie, and we look at it and say, oh, yeah, we know the end of the story because she was really found with child with Holy Spirit. But that didn't look so at the time. See, your testimony that you're going through right this moment or what you've gone through recently or maybe it's still being written, it, it hasn't been fully penned yet, so we don't know the end of the story. And right now in the midst of that story you're living, it does seem like it's, oh my God, what am I going to do? It doesn't make sense, doesn't look good. It looks like the bottom's falling out. It looked like the bottom was falling out on them. We get the privilege of today looking back and being, a, they're, they're heroes to us 2,000 years later six months or 12 months or a year later when it was pinned, they looked like a hero. But they didn't look like a hero right then. Somebody had to deal with some stuff in the middle of the stuff without any explanation. Sometimes you gotta deal with some stuff without any explanation. Sometimes you just gotta go through some stuff. Because when the Lord brings you a gift deposited in your life, it don't always look like a gift. And it doesn't make you always popular. So when the Lord begins to do something in your life, and he begins to move in your life, a door closes, a door opens, disappointment happens, sometimes we're trying to figure out, is that the devil destroying me, or is that God bringing me a gift? And sometimes they look the same. You just have to live it out. If you can't see the testimony in it, you're not finished with the testimony. Next verse. Then Joseph, her husband, wait a minute. I didn't what 18 said. Now he's her husband. He took her to be his wife. There was some character building in Joseph from, the, from chapter one, verse 18 to verse 19. That's some character building. What possesses him it would have been easy for him just to say and throw her under the bus, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have been easier just to say, oh my God, don't you think they had conversations? It's not written in the scripture, but don't you think there was a story outside of the story? Don't you think there was a story that when Mary come telling Joseph, I'm pregnant, that Joseph didn't just say, well, let's just pray about this? If you heard from the Lord, I believe you, Right? I don't believe he just, she just came to Joseph and said, I'm, 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 I'm with child, you're betrothed to me. It looks good in the King James, even the new King James. And if we can even break it down in the Message Bible, make it even sound a lot better, but the bottom line is, I promise you there was a discussion between Joseph and Mary about what the heck are you doing? How did you get this way? As if he didn't know. There's only one way. And you're telling me that's not conventional? You're telling me that something happened to you that is not normal, and I'm supposed to believe that? 
See, when the Lord begins to bring you a gift in your life, even the people close to you may not recognize it. They need their own encounter with God to understand the gift that God is bringing into your life. When he begins to move on you to give you the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy or the gift of word of knowledge or he starts to operate in the gifts of the spirit, when God begins to do something to promote you in your life, the people that are close to you will be the first people to say, but I know you win. I know your normalcy, your commonality. I know your weaknesses. I know how you get mad at everything. I know how you talk to me. I know how. And the more you try to prove yourself that God brought a gift into you without God giving them their own epiphany, you're wasting your time. You do not have to sell yourself to somebody else, no matter how close they are to you, when God is doing something in your life. That'll preach right there. You don't have to manipulate it. You don't have to talk them into it. You don't have to sell yourself, prop yourself up. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change anything. You didn't initiate it because it said God himself will provide you a sign. God himself will initiate the sign. And this is the sign being initiated to mankind 2,000 years ago. Then Joseph, her husband, after all those discussions between 18 and 19, there's probably a 118.1, 118.2, 118.3, lots of discussions in between 18 and 19, I promise you. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, look at this. Listen, people, hear me when I say this. When somebody close to you and God's doing something in your life, whether you can understand it or, or not, it's not for you to cast doubt on what God is doing. A just person doesn't wanna make a public example. You know people in your life, you've got your brothers, your sisters, your uncles, your cousins, your, your aunts, your family members, people that you're acquainted with or friends, and you know they got attitudes, they got problems, and all of a sudden, God begins to do something in their life, and it looks like their world's falling apart, and you knew it was coming, because they deserved it. Anybody what I'm talking about? Just because they deserve it don't mean you get to make a public example out of them. Love covers a, mul covers a multitude of sins. You cover their nakedness. That doesn't mean you give them an excuse to be wrong, but you don't have to go trumpeting their weakness and their problems. Merry Christmas. That's how this works. You don't have to do that. If you're a just person, you'll pity for them and their condition they will in. You won't compromise your integrity, but you certainly won't go tooting the bad because they deserve it or they didn't deserve it. We're only in two verses so far. This is gonna get good today. <laughs> then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded, look, I'm gonna cover your nakedness. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I doubt it. Something's shaking on the inside of me. I, don't figure, I can't figure it out. I trust you, but I don't really know, I can't explain it. God is initiating something in her life, but the whole time the Lord is initiating in her life, God is not working in a vacuum, he's working on Joseph too. Watch that. Well, he's minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, while he pondered, behold, <laughs> an angel of the Lord appearing to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
son of David. Do not be afraid. Whoa. You know the number one thing that happens to somebody in their life when God begins to initiate a gift or a sign and bring a sign? The number one thing, fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid he's doing something. I'm afraid it's God because I can't explain it. I'm afraid of the devil because I might lose everything. It's an attack. It could be an attack. But sometimes God also attacks in a good way to disrupt your entire flow of life so he can get you where he called you to be. I've seen him do it. Listen, I've learned a long time ago. Somebody asked me this time, there was a, it was a husband and wife, they were living in a certain lifestyle and it wasn't a real positive lifestyle. They were both out into the world and things weren't really good. And the, the wife got saved, radically saved, and they, she started coming to the church. And when she started coming to the church, she got so fell and so in love with the church that she started neglecting everything at home. And she was at the church day and night. Every service we ever had, she was there. In fact, she was talking to us, trying to talk to us into having another service. And we need to have more things at the church. Well, the church can't be your escape from a bad home life. I'm making a lot of friends today. I can just feel it. It just can't be, you gotta still live life, right? And just because you got saved, went too long ago, you, weren't, you were just like him out there, right? Well, she got afraid that he was gonna cause her to have to scale back a little bit all the time she was spending with the Lord. So she was having this love affair with the church. She thought it was a love affair with God. There is a difference. She fell in love with his bride. He saved her. Oh, this is good. I'm just telling you. She had a wait, an awakening to have to go through her life. It wasn't wrong that she had gotten saved. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't wrong that she would, was on fire for God. It wasn't wrong. But what was happening was she had been completely disconnected herself from everything her previous life told her to do. She didn't want anything to do with him. She was, she was beating him, browbeating him all the, time, all the things he was doing wrong. Do you think that was gonna pull him into the church or into the Lord? No way. So the more she would point out his flaws, the more distant he would become, and the more he began to resent the church, right? So she came in to one day for counsel to me. She said, I need you to pray for my, for my husband because he just don't get it. He just don't get it. I found something that I want him to get. It was such sincere intentions. It really was. And she said, he just don't get it. He's still living that lifestyle that we lived and I don't live that lifestyle anymore. He said, she said, so I've had to just, and I've just told him, listen, if you don't change, I'm divorcing you. It's over. I can't take it anymore. We are finished. You know what he said to her? Okay. So she comes to the church for counsel, comes to me. And she says, he said, okay. I said, well, you got what you wanted. I said, I know a couple good lawyers in town. I can go send you, send you right straight to them. It'll be over in probably 60 days. You'll have what you want. She goes, I don't want a divorce. I said, then why'd you threaten him? Threaten, make a threat like that. She said, I want him to change. I said, is that how you did it? Is that how you got, the, did, did the Lord threaten to divorce you to get you to change, to come to him? Come on. Come on. No, he drew you by his goodness. 
He drew you by his kindness, his loving kindness. It draws you, it woos you in, right? I said, he's not gonna become a doormat for you, but he will throw out the, the, the love card and draw you and woo you by his goodness. And I said, you're not gonna ever win him over by throwing him to the ground and threatening him and giving him ultimatums. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna win him over. I said, so now you got what you wanted. You're gonna be divorced. You're gonna be a free woman in 60 days. How's that make you feel? She said, I don't want a divorce. I said, then go home and tell him you don't want a divorce. She said, well, I can't do that. I'm, af I'm afraid. I think I've already drawn the line. I said, go home and tell him from your heart how you really feel. Tell him what you've, what, what you've discovered. Don't talk about him. Talk about you and what has happened to you. Take the light off of him and put the light on you. And she said, I never thought of that. I said, yeah, because self-righteous Christians <laughs> get saved, get a hold of something that's truth, and then we go indict the world rather than love the world. I said, I use this scripture back in Isaiah. I said, why don't you give him, give yourself a sign to him? And she said, I would have never thought of that. I said, of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't have because you were so wrapped up in everything that he was not, you have completely forgotten who he is. Can you see him after the change? Yeah, he would be on fire, man. He'd, he would be, God, he would work for the Lord. He would start naming all these things. I said, then guess what? Go home and treat him like he's doing it now. Amen. Amen. I said, but let me make that call for you to the lawyer. I got, I got them on in my Rolodex right here. Should I call them? I can get you an appointment, probably even get you a discount. I said, we, and, and they know people. This thing can go fast. This could be over and you could be free. I said, but would you really be free? She said, no. I said, you want that lawyer? She said, no. I'm going home and talk to my husband. Now, I want to tell you what happened. She goes home, talks to her husband. By this time, the wall's already up. She already threw out the divorce. His mind had already started playing down that track on divorce. He said, no, I've already called the lawyers. We're gonna, we're gonna, get, we're gonna get a divorce. That's what you wanted, that's what you said. I can't live under this kind of pressure anyway. Since you got saved and found that, found that church, since you got saved and found that church, all you talk about is that. It's never about us, it's never about what we can do, it's never about the kids, it's always about you and that church, you and that church, you and that church. I'm preaching today. It's only about what I've found. It's about me and God, me and God. He goes, if I hear God's name one more time in this house, I don't wanna hear it, don't you understand? You're driving me farther away. She says, so I feel when you threw the divorce out, he said, I saw it, listen to this. I saw it as a sign. Those were the words I used to her in my office. The light went off in her. She said, oh, let me tell you, I gave you the wrong sign. She said, I gave the sign, I made you the sign and started pointing out all your flaws. But I should have just told you all about what's happening to me. They had discussions after discussions. Next thing I know, she calls me and she says, can we come in for counseling? I said, heck no. I gave you the name of the lawyer. You're not walking me into that mess. 
I said, no, I'm not doing your counseling. I said, you should just go ahead and divorce and be done with it. She, <laughs> let me take a drink on this one. I said, go ahead and divorce. She said, we don't want to divorce. I said, well, last time you told me, you said that he, we wanted to divorce and he'd already called a lawyer. She said, we don't want, we don't want, are you going to help us or not? I said, are you going to help us or not? I said, you, I'll help you. Come on in, but you really don't need my help. I said, you really don't need my help. I said, you already have things working in the right direction. I said, the Lord's working on your, on your, on your marriage, on your whole life. He's working on both of you. He wasn't just trying to save you so you could convince him how bad he was. And he's not trying to jump ship off an old lifestyle because he wasn't ready to leave that lifestyle. I said, but it's a good thing that you get a divorce. She said, we don't want a divorce. I said, you said you want a divorce. He went and had to call a lawyer. You, you, you've knocked it off balance. This is gonna give you it's better that you go one way and he go another. So listen to this, I'm cutting the baby in half if you don't mind me doing this, Solomon. All right, I said, you're, you, you don't understand. It's better that you go one way and you go, she goes, listen, she said, we were meant to be together. God put us, she's mad now. God put us together and the Bible says what God puts together, no man can tear us apart. I said, yes, but he lives a lifestyle that you don't like. He's gonna pull you the wrong direction. She, she said, listen, he's my husband and I will keep the husband if I wanna keep that husband. Right, this is a true story now. Now, she, we're on the phone, and she says, are you gonna help me or you're not gonna help? I said, no, I'm not gonna help you. I said, because I, f I really feel like you may, may have heard from the Lord. I didn't say you did hear from the Lord. I said, you may have heard from the Lord. When he told you to get, to file for that, get that lawyer's number from, for, to file a divorce. And I said, I feel like your best thing for you to do is to you go your way and him go his way, and I think maybe one day, if you ever get saved, he'll be good enough for you again. Hear me? If he gets saved, he'll be good enough for you. And then you'll come back together one day and what God could put together. She said, the Bible, she said it over and over, the Bible says what man, God puts together, no man could tear us apart. And I said, well, who do you think is tearing you apart? She said, it's that, <laughs> she said, Slewfoot. She said, Slewfoot, it's that devil. And I said, no, it's not. Don't give him credit for that. Your self-righteous religious attitude drove your husband away. This is just early in December right now. We got a whole month of this. <laughs> Your self-righteous religious attitude drove him away. And now you're telling me he has not changed. He's only said he's called a lawyer. He has not gotten saved. He's still running wild. And you're telling me he's your husband and God puts you together. And what man, God puts together, no man can tear you apart. That's what I'm telling you. I said, then what changed? She said, she sat back in silence for a minute. She said, I did. I changed. I said, you've already changed. You were saved. You were already saved. Well, I don't understand what you're saying. She goes, I'm starting to see what this walk is all about. And I said, you realized how much you love him, don't you? She said, I do. I said, before you loved the thought of him being changed, but you didn't know how much you loved him. She said, yeah, yeah. I said, but you do love him. I said, bring him into the office. She said, okay, so they so came into the office. We were having a discussion, having a meeting. And I said, I asked her, I said, in front of him, I said, what you, what's your biggest fear? She said, I don't want a divorce. I don't want to lose him. 
I, I'm afraid I'm gonna lose it. I'm afraid. I'm af and she went through fear, 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 after one after another. And finally he looked over and he goes, you're not gonna lose, he grabbed her by the hand, he goes, you're not gonna lose me. You're not gonna lose me, I'm not going anywhere. She goes, he goes I married you till death do us part. And then he said this, he said, that, that death part might come sooner than you think, though, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she looked at him and I said, he's not saved yet, remember. Yeah. She said, that death part might come sooner. But he grabbed her hand, he said, no. I said, this is right. He said, I'm supposed to be here today. And he looked at me right in the eye, he said, I don't know what it means to be saved. Because she said that to me for the last several months, I need to be saved. I don't know what it means for me to be saved. But whatever that is, I want to be saved. She looks at him. I look at her. She looks at me. We both look at him. It's a movie scene. Right? I look directly at him. And, and I finally I said, and it, Correct my doctrine if you disagree, but it won't change. <laughs> I said, you are saved. He said, what? I said, you are saved. He said, what? what do you mean? She wanted me to pray, listen, she wanted me to pray a prayer to get me saved. I said, you've already prayed that prayer sitting right here in this office. She said, she said she's looking at me now, she's really perturbed because she's, she's confused. She's going, I was trying to lead him to the Romans 10, 9, and 10. I said, Romans 10, 9, and 10 was written after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And nobody in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or the book of Acts prayed Romans 10, 9, and 10. 3,000 got saved one day, 5,000 got saved the next. Don't put something on him. I'm putting something on him. You know what it is? It's called being saved. I'm putting it on him. I'm putting a cloak, oh, you hear this. I'm putting a cloak on him that he is saved. Now he looks at me and he says, okay, what do I do now that I'm saved? He, he believed what I told him. I didn't make him try to get something. I told him he had something. And then when he believed that he had something, he wanted to know what he had. If that don't line up with your theology, then you tell Mary and Joseph that. The Holy Spirit, came, Gabriel, come to Mary and said, you're with child. She said, what? That does not fit the theology. You got the power to put something on somebody. If the witches have the power to curse you, Christians have the power to put salvation on somebody else. Amen. Don't think your power is less than their power. You got to know what you have. If you are the full, full of the Holy Spirit, like Gabriel came down and has that messenger and says, Mary, you are with child. Are you with me? She was carrying something the Holy Spirit put in her. Gabriel was identifying it and Joseph was protecting it. That's the body of Christ. Let's read the next scripture. They're still together, by the way, for all of you that keep track of the end of the story. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Go back to verse 20 real fast. Let's do that one again. That was just really a good one. <laughs> but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For, look at this. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Let me stop right here for just a second. Now, listen, and I'm gonna talk about more about this next week, but here's how this works. When the Holy Spirit comes in a person's life, you have no idea all that the Holy Spirit has deposited in that person's life, Amen. right? Our responsibility as a brother and a sister in the Lord is to believe, number one, that the Holy Spirit has put something in their life. Our job also is to protect and preserve what's inside of that heart, right? Fan the flame, because we need for that thing that the Lord put inside of us to be protected, matured, fully developed, so it can be expressed and experienced amongst the brethren. You see how this works? He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid if it comes unconventional. Don't be afraid if it comes a different way than you thought it was gonna come. Don't, come, don't be afraid that if the Lord just does something and wrecks your life, turns it upside down, don't be afraid it doesn't come through the channels you think it should come through. Don't be afraid that things are upside down and right side up all at the same time. Don't be afraid that this happens in one place that relocates you to someplace else. Don't be afraid that this door closed while this door over here is opening. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid. And the Lord himself came and told Joseph that in a dream. He says to him, son of David, he identified him, do not be afraid to take your, you, your, your wife as Mary. For that which is conceived, what's inside of her. Now listen, what is conceived has not yet been birthed. Are you able to see in the life of a believer what has been conceived, but yet has not been birthed? See, I saw inside that man in my office something conceived that had not yet been birthed. When it's conceived, only the person carrying it feels it. When it's birthed, everybody around experiences it. See, I'm just in a place in my life where I believe I'm looking at all you out here and I see people all across the body of Christ, all across the body of Christ that are conceived, have conceived, have conceived something in their heart. And I'm telling you, you're in a place, whether you know it or not, that thing's gotta be birthed. Let me tell you how I know that to be true. Because what happens in the practical and the natural is a lot of times what the Lord is speaking to the church, but we don't, we don't sometimes hear it right. That, that abortion bill, anti-abortion bill, that heartbeat bill, whether you, whether you, I don't know where you stand on all that stuff. I will tell you this, it's screaming loudly across this country about protecting and preserving the life of a child. Screaming loudly, life, life, life. Laws are being passed to protect life. The Supreme Court fighting about who's nominating Supreme Court, all comes down to one thing, life, life. Are you hearing me? That is not just a channel through our government. That's not just a trumpet through our government. It's a trumpet through the church that the people of God, the body of Christ, is carrying something already pregnant, already conceived, 
that's being developed in your heart that has to be birthed and protected until the birth comes forward. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning, guys? You have something in your heart that the Holy Spirit has put there. You got to surround yourself with people that are like Joseph was to Mary, that is not afraid to put his own reputation on the line to protect something that you're carrying on the inside of you. They've gotta be able to believe in what you have more so than what people think about you and what people think about them. The number one thing that people get caught up on fear is they worry about what people think. The only thing that keeps people from stepping out in what God's called them to be, not the only thing, but the most important thing for people is what do people think? What do people think? We're gonna create in 2020 some groups, small groups and home groups and different places, real small, where the prophetic, the gifts of the spirit, those, that thing that's inside of you, that holy thing the Bible calls about, which is Holy Spirit inside of you, we're gonna create av- reven- or avenues for these things to take place where every person that desires to be and operate in those gifts and hear God's voice more clearly, we're gonna operate in a place that creates groups where you can have a small group setting where you can exercise and learn to develop that thing. Right? Because there's nothing worse than being, living life going, was that the Lord, was that me, or was that the devil? I've been there. I still, I'm still there sometimes. I'll rebuke the Lord and think it's the devil sometimes. But you need a safe place to learn how to hear, how to develop, how to make mistakes, how to be a Mary carrying something that you didn't put there, but you need a Joseph that's gonna be around you that's gonna protect that thing in you. Oh, yeah. Don't be afraid, Joseph, because that thing that she's got is from the Holy Spirit. Let's not leave it read the next verse. And it's not just for her and for you. And she will, here it is, that thing that's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, but the thing that will come forth, do you see the difference? One time it's conceived, then it's brought forth. Nicodemus comes, here it goes. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the book of John. He comes as a religious leader at night. He comes to Jesus and he says, you have to be from God, from the Father. You have to be from heaven or you couldn't do the things you're doing. Nicodemus looks back at Jesus and Jesus looks back at Nicodemus and finally Jesus looks back and says, hey, Nicodemus, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. If I'm Nicodemus, I'm going, that's not what I asked. I, didn't, I need it more, I mean, more clear than that. Then Nicodemus says, I, I, you mean to tell me that I have to be born back up into my mother's womb? See what he did? The Lord gave him a, a picture in spirituality. Nicodemus gave us a peek of the natural that really gives us the spiritual application. Watch, he says, you mean I gotta go back? I've already been born. How do I go back up in my mother's womb? Then Jesus goes back to him and says, you must be born of the water and of the spirit to enter in the kingdom. Amen. You, you got to give birth. 
You got to come out. Next passage of scripture says, Jesus, the spirit listeth, moves. Anywhere it goes, like the trees rustling in the woods. It just moves. And you don't know which way it comes and which way it goes, but you do hear it. He says, you hear that sound of the trees going back and forth? That word sound is the same place, the same word that we get in the book of Acts about speaking in another tongue. Sound, same word. He's talking of the spirit. What's he saying to Nicodemus? Nicodemus, you have to get this thing from the spirit in conception. And then you've got to walk this thing out in the practical. You've got to walk this thing out in the natural. It's not good enough to carry it in here. You got to give release to what you're carrying in here. Are you, are you following me? He says the same thing to him. What she's carrying, Joseph, don't be afraid of. It's the Holy Spirit made to give her conception. Next verse. And she will bring forth, deliver, deliver a son. And you're gonna call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The conception has a reason. The conception has a purpose. It has to be birthed. It has to be delivered. See, when you're laying hands on somebody, and we do this a lot here, when you're laying hands on somebody and you feel like they're possessed or somebody has a possessed, I've been overseas and I've seen it. I've seen it here locally. I've been a part of some craziness that I've been a part of in ministry that I've witnessed and been a part of, and I've seen people bound by the devil and, and set free. But here's something that has changed in me over the last 10 years. You see them, we need to, to pray deliverance on them. Deliverance is not a movie that you see on television, okay? D deliver, it means this. If you could quit cha change your mind from seeing people that you're delivering them from the devil, they need delivered, they need delivered. Listen to what needs to be delivered. They in their heart, what's conceived inside of them that's bound by the world's system of the enemy has got to be delivered to the world. Are you following me? What they have and what they're carrying has to be delivered. See, the woman that came into my office that got saved, her husband wasn't saved, what I saw was what he carried inside of him had to be delivered to the world. What she didn't realize is she needed what he had more than he needed what he had. When you begin to see somebody's carrying something, they're packing something. In the church world, it's two things. They can speak, they can sing, they can speak, or they can sing. It's more than singing and speaking. It's not just a platform that has the conception. It's you, it's me. Because next week I'm gonna show you, you're all a Mary. Mary was the first fruit as Jesus was the first fruit. You're Mary. And we're all a Joseph. The pattern is the same. I hear the word, it conceived in my heart. Now it's gotta be developed and delivered to the world. That's why the world commercializes it and wraps up the gifts. 
It's not the package. It's what's inside the package is the gift. But you can buy somebody a gift, sit it at your house and never deliver it, and they'll never enjoy the heart, the meaning behind the gift. What kind of God would send forth his gift, place it in your heart, and not see it delivered? And Jesus, and God said it this way in Isaiah, he told the whole nation of Israel, he said, am I a kind of God that, can't, that can bring it to the canal, the woman's canal and not give birth to it? No. You, you, think I'm, you think I can just bring it so far and stop? I am fully capable, the Lord said, bringing it through, to and through yeah. to delivering. And why is he that way? Because he said it himself in Isaiah chapter seven. The Lord himself will show you a sign. Jesus was assigned to us 2,000 years ago. But I got good news for you this morning. On December 1st of the last year of, the last, of this month, the last decade, this, this decade, I've got good news. You're the sign for the next decade. The Lord will show himself a sign. Jesus was that sign 2,000 years ago. Now you're the sign. How do I know that to be true? Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. But I gotta go away. Next verse says this. Now you're the light of the world. I come here this morning to introduce to you the signs of the times. Don't look for the sky to see if it's blue, red, or gray. Look to your brother or your sister that's beside you, that's carrying the gift from the Holy Spirit as a sign to the world to see that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Would you stand with me? Lord said, I, some of you have said, or some of you are saying, I, I'm just looking for a place where I can be comfortable. And the Lord says, there's not one, one woman given birth that's ever been comfortable. He said, some of you are saying, I, I'm just looking for a place where I can fit in. The Lord says, I've ordered your steps.
I heard the Lord just now say he's going to amplify and accelerate dreams that are in the hearts of people, but also night dreams where he's gonna speak to you more clearly and confirm some things in you. He said, the vehicle that brought you to this region, you thought was the end all, but the vehicle was really a, just a transport to get you to a place where I could really show you who you really are and what I've called you to be. You've questioned and you've wondered and you've thought to yourself, God, I went through that, I went through this and I'm going through this one and I, and you're living a life of just kind of in your rearview mirror, just questioning a lot of things that had happened in the past. And could you have done some things different? Sure, you could have. But the end result is still gonna be the same. The Lord says some of you have gone through some things, such as divorces, some, some deaths, some losses, some job changes, some disappointments. And the Lord says, I'm not gonna let any of that go and not use it. Everything that you've gone through, every past fail, every hurt, every pain, every missed opportunity, and every presuming opportunity that you just took on your own and stepped out and did something on your own and created something with your own hands. He said, all of those things, I'm redeeming. And I'm redeeming them for my word's sake. He said, give him a sign. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody is looking around for just a moment. I wanna ask you to honor everybody that's here. If you, in your heart, don't know if you're saved, don't feel like you're saved, never made certainty of that, like I was talking about the man that was in my office, if that's you and nobody's looking around, would you just slip your hand up and tell me, I don't know where I am in my life. I don't know where I am. I don't know if something happened to me right now, where I'd go. Is there anybody in here? Anybody? with still nobody looking around. I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me to tell those nobody's looking around. I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me to tell somebody, yes. why are you so hard on yourself? Why are you harder on yourself than I am on you? He says you're your biggest critic. You've never forgiven yourself from your past.
You walk around with a, a crippled spirit because you feel that's regret and guilt and shame and condemnation. You look at your children and you feel so helpless at times because you feel like you didn't do as good as you could have done for them. And you, you, you get pained in your heart when you feel this hollow, shallow feeling thinking, God, I've come up short, I've come up short. And the Lord says, quit being your biggest critic. Do you don't think the Lord says that I can take all those things, package them all together and work the things for your good? Give yourself permission to be happy. Give yourself permission to have a bright future. <laughs> he says, you don't even have a clue what I have placed inside of you yet. It has already been conceived and now I will, he said, bring it to pass and to deliver it to birth. Because what you're carrying, the world has to have. You carry life. You carry life more abundantly. You are the, you are the salt, salt of the earth. You're the light of this world. He said, get ready for one of the most incredible experiences. Listen to me. He's saying this to you. We're going to have together, he and you. As he came 2,000 years ago, he just dropped in my spirit and says, I'm coming again with the same magnitude in like manner. I'm coming through you this time. As personal as I came to Joseph and Mary, I'm coming that personal to you in your life. There's no escaping it. There's no running from it. There's no asking for it because I chose you. You did not choose me. The encounter you will have in the next 12 months will transform you and everybody around you. You will not recognize yourself or those around you with what I'm about to do in your life. Things that you were against, you will now be for. Things that you were, didn't understand will become more clear to you. And you will be operating in the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit of Almighty God in everyday real life. It'll come quickly, it'll be rapid, it'll be freeing. And the word the Lord has for you today, Joseph, don't you be afraid because I'm doing something unconventional and you won't be able to deny it when you see it come to pass. Because I've called you to be the sign 
in the decade to come. A sign for the believers and a sign for the unbelievers. The believers to build faith, the non-believers to believe on Christ. And you will see a radical change and transformation in this country, in this world, in this region, in this life. You will see joy unspeakable and full of glory. You'll see Christ revealed in ways that you never managed to be seen before. You will see the unseen and you will experience the goodness of Almighty God in the days that we're living. Spirit of the living God, we receive your word, we receive your, your power, we receive who you are today. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Let everything be done to give praise to you. We bless you, Father, and as we walk out of these doors today, make us aware and more sensitive of your spirit. Make us aware and more sensitive of what you're doing. Let our eyes be singled with your eyes, our ears be in sync with your ears, our hands and feet go where you tell us to go and give us a courage and a boldness and resist fear as we walk out into the world today and take the sign that you have called us to be into this world to see the change and that Jesus be glorified, that the Son of God will be manifest and the world will know that Jesus Christ is King and Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you all Wednesday night.